0: The verses that we will look at today may be familiar to many. This passage contains what is called the Great Commission. Of all the gospel writers, Matthew was the only one who gave us something that can properly be called an ending, an ending which looks forward to the continuing work of the gospel by the community of believers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This ending paragraph in Matthew chapter 28 was relevant to them during their time just as it is relevant to us during our time today. It gives us a mission plan to evangelize to the whole world. The title of today's message is The Call to Missions. The Call to Missions. Please stand with me as we read from God's holy word. We're looking at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And God's holy word reads, starting in verse 16, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray in response to reading of God's holy word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you that you were able to bring us here in this place together as one body, Lord. Lord, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase, Lord, and people wouldn't see me or my words today, but Lord, they would see the power of your words, the power of your calling to missions, Lord, your power to reach people with your word and your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you are glorified today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, brother. I kind of like that music. I think we should get that music going through the whole sermon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Talk about that in our next members meeting. First, let me define to you what I mean when you hear me say the words mission, missions, or missional in this message today. So here's my attempt i trying to define it. It should be on the screen in front of you. Missions or missional work includes the broad spectrum of any evangelistic work empowered by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the full gospel of Jesus Christ and to teach the knowledge and blessings of the Christian faith with all who are strangers to God's glory and grace. I'll say that again. Missions or missional work includes the broad spectrum of any evangelistic work empowered by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the full gospel of Jesus Christ and to teach the knowledge and blessings of the Christian faith with all who are strangers to God's glory and grace. And that could be right here in Louisville, that could be in another part of Kentucky, that could be in America or another part of the world. Doing missions is getting the Gospels to others. Amen? Amen. Before our Lord Jesus left this world, he gave his disciples a commission that is both local and global in nature. Jesus must have been concerned about the continuation and furtherance of the Gospel after he was gone because he entrusted them with a mission to evangelize to the whole world. The commission that was given to them is meant for us as well both individually and corporately. In today's message, we are going to see that to be involved in the missional work of the Lord and say of our Lord and Savior, we must take into account these three things. First, the power of missions. Second, the plan for missions. And third, the promise for missions. The power, plan, and promise for missions. We may ask the question, where does this power come from to do missions. This leads us to the first point of my message, the power of missions, looking at verses 16 through 18. The work of missions is not an easy task. No one can do it solely by his her her own power. It takes the power of God for anyone to sustain and survive any type of missional work. We are all called to this field, whether it be locally or internationally, We must be provided with confidence and authority from God as we share the gospel to others that we come in contact with. Jesus knew that his disciples could not function well apart from him. And now that he's going to leave them physically, he believed that they needed his power. In another instance in the Gospel of John, Jesus told his disciples the following in John chapter 15, verse 5. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. There are three things that we need to know about the power for missions that is mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew. First, when we are frustrated, when we are powerful, powerless and doubtful, the power of God provides us comfort. Jesus had noticed that some of them, that they were still doubtful. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 28, verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. He must have seen the sadness and pain on their face because this was right before Jesus was to depart from their midst. There's no time when they needed more comfort than right then and there in that moment. And this comfort was provided by the power of God. When you are doubtful and discouraged in missions, rely on the power of God. In Proverbs 29:25, it says, "The fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected." Second, the power that is given for missions is an absolute divine power. Jesus said, "All authority has been given to me, this is not a few of them, but all of the powers. The power that was promised in the times of old has been given to Jesus. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, it reads, He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is, not, is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Third, the power confirms the universal nature of the authority of Jesus. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The power of Jesus is universal. The power of Jesus is omnipotent. The power of Jesus is all you need as you do missions in this sinful and demon infested world. If you have ever been afraid, come to Jesus and rely on his power. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his disciples about the coming of this power that came from the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The power resides in every believer today, in every believer in this room. The fullness of his Holy Spirit is all that you will ever need to evangelize to the world without fear. Do you remember that before Jesus ascended into heaven, He told his disciples to remain in Jerusalem until they received the power from on high. He puts puts it this way in Acts chapter 1. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. In verse 8 of that same chapter, Jesus gives another instruction says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The authority of Jesus that is presented here formed the basis from which we get the Great Commission. Note that the word translated power in this passage is the Greek word dynamos, from which we get our English word dynamite. Dynamite Are explosive, aren't they? Jesus is saying that I will give you dynamite power, a power that supersedes any power in this world, a power that is not under any subjection of any king or kingdom, a power that is not controllable by the demonic forces of this world, a power that is only given by the Holy Spirit of God. There are four additional things to note about this instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ. First, it contains a promise. Second, it identifies the power for witnessing, which is through the Holy Spirit of God. Third, it enables us to know the the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, it identifies the places where we are to carry out our missions. We are to begin locally, then nationally, and then internationally. We see that after after he assured his disciples of this power that they were to receive for the task ahead, he then gave them a mandate of how they were supposed to carry this out. This tells us something about God. Before he gives us a task, he will equip us ahead of time for such responsibility. With the connective word, therefore, Jesus connects the authority he has with the task that is to be entrusted to his disciples. This leads us to my second point this morning, the plan for missions. Looking at verse 19, it reads, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Church, when it comes to God making miraculous changes in the lives of those that are still lost, most of us would really like it if God would just hurry up and just do something about it. Change them, Lord. We want God to stop all these mass shootings, right? We want God to stop folks hating on one one another. We want God, would you please hurry up and just do something about it. We want him to light a fire for us. We want him to send us more power. We want him to cause a revival in our churches. We want him to fill the pews at this church and other churches across the world. We definitely cannot do anything without the Lord. The problem is not God not moving. No, the problem is we are not moving. Let's think about some of the things that God has already done for us, church. He sent his son, Jesus. He cleansed us from sin stains. He has released us from sin's power. He has given us his word as a foundation and a weapon to use against the devil. He has given each of us a good, healthy measure of faith. He has provided us with the whole armor of God, not just half the armor, but the whole armor of God. He has filled us with the Holy Spirit with his power. He has broken the curse of the law, which was death. He has promised to meet all of our needs, not just some of them. He has given us the authority to bind and lose in this earth, the spirit realm. He gives us access to come boldly in his presence. He took the stripes. For our healing. Now, taking all that into consideration, I cannot help to think just maybe that there is something that we need to do. Maybe there's something that we are supposed to do for Him and what He's done because of what He's done for us. So, church, it's time for us to get moving and let's start doing the plan of the Great Commission. In verse 19, we find one main imperative verb. An imperative verb in the Greek, it just means a word that makes a command. And this command that we see here is to make disciples. And then we have three subordinate participles having imperative force, which means like the who, where, and when in relationship to the main verb that it's talking about. Jesus told his disciples that he wanted them to do. Jesus gave them a mandate to move out of their immediate domain and to do missions. He said, therefore, go. Or to translate it from the Greek, one would translate it as, as you are going or since you are going. It's not an accident that the word translated apostles in the Greek word, it means "apostlos," which also means the one sent. The Lord gave us this command to share the good news to the lost, to feed and to take care of the homeless, to encourage someone that's down today but will be better tomorrow, to love the unlovable, to speak to the unspeakable. He told us to go and to get them, no matter what the cost is. Why did the Lord want us to go to them and to get them? Well, church because he knew they would not come by themselves he knew they would turn to drugs and alcohol and pornography and things of the world instead of him he knew they would come to church only on new years and easter and christmas he knew they needed help to get through all the pain all the suffering that life in this world brings he knew Church, that's why we have to do missions. That's why we have to tell everyone we know about the full gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we have to go and to get them. Because they can't come by themselves. They won't come by themselves unless something drastic happens in their lives. In his book, God Who Sends, by Dr. Francis M. Dubois, a one-time head of the Department of Missions at the Golden Gate Baptist Seminary in California, well, he said that missions means sending. A missionary is one sent with the message to preach the good news to the lost. Jesus said to his disciples to go into the world to do missions, we must endeavor to get out of our comfort zones in order to win others to the Lord. It must be noted that every mission-minded church must be a sending and going church. In his book, Kingdom Principles for Church Growth, Gene Mim said, a church that does not go to lost persons and share the gospel with them is like a restaurant that has food prepared but refuses to serve the hungry. After telling the disciples to go, he gave them three instructions as to what they should do when they go. First, they are to make disciples of all nations. In other words, they are to be involved in missions. Their main task here is to nurture persons that they encounter into the experience of discipleship. A disciple is a learner or a pupil, and we want to make them a follower of Jesus so that they can, so we can witness to them and bring them in the fold of Jesus Christ. We want to instruct them to follow righteousness. With Jesus' instruction here, there's a shift in the paradigm in their missional strategy. They're not to restrict themselves to the Jews alone, but they're to go out to the whole world. It is interest, it's, it's interesting that the word translated nations in the Greek, that word means "ethne." from which we get our English word, ethnic. This word means tribes, peoples, groupings, nations, racial groups, and non-Jews. As of today, there are about 15,000 to 20,000 people groupings in the world, depending on the most popular classifications of the term. The gospel of Jesus must be preached to all these people groups before the end will come. Jesus said the following Matthew 24 14 says this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. The second instruction is that we are to be prepared for the Great Commission and we are to incorporate new converts into the kingdom of God. He told them to baptize the believers the way that Jesus presented this doctrine settles one important doctrinal issue in Christianity, which is only believers should be baptized. After they have one persons to Jesus, then they must baptize them. The word baptized in the Greek transliteration of the word baptisnes, which means to immerse, to submerge, or to dip into something. This baptism is a public display of our faith, which is administered under the authority of the entire Godhead. It must be noted that this practice was continued even to the early church, and just last week, this was demonstrated here with three baptisms. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it reads Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and, your, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, 41, it says, those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, it reads, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Every Bible-believing church does the same thing today. A third command was also given. They are to teach the new believers when we go to witness to the lost, we must not leave the believers at a point where they accept the Lord Jesus Christ into their lives without proper follow-up. We should feed them with the word of God so that they will grow. We must teach them to observe the teachings of the Lord that are printed in the word of God. Basically, Jesus Christ knew that for the continuation of his ministry, the knowledge he had imparted to his disciples, that must be taught to others. As believers, we must teach others to observe the decrees of the Lord. As believers, we are mandated by Jesus to hand on the teachings of Jesus Christ and to see to it that new disciples make it their way of life. In short, Jesus made the plan of this mission very clear. First, we are mandated to go into the world. Second, we are to make disciples or evangelize to people. Third, we are to make members out of new believers through the ordinance of baptism. And lastly, we are to teach these new believers so that they will grow in their knowledge of God. Having reassured them of the power of missions and the plan of missions, Jesus Christ gave them a final instruction. He must have observed that the disciples needed a further assurance before departing. The disciples needed further comfort. This leads me to my final point of this message, The promise for for missions. In verse 20. Verse 20b, it reads, I am with you always to the end of the age. You see here, Jesus reassured his disciples of his continued presence with them after he might have been gone. They needed this. Jesus is the Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one who became flesh and dwelling among us. History re- reveals that when David Livingston, the pioneer missionary to Africa, was on this dangerous mission trip, he imprinted this word of Jesus on his ship. He wrote, him, he wrote in the ship, I am with you always. When he was asked in later years how he was able to survive such a dangerous trip, Passing through those regions, and he was unharmed, he said, The words of Jesus help me, which says, I am with you always. Looking at this promise of our Lord, we observe the following implications of this promise to missions. First, the promise was a confirmed assurance that we need for missions. Second, the promise conveys the constant and continued presence of Jesus with his people. He said, I am with you always. Third, this presence that was promised to the timeless one, he said his presence would be with us to the end of the age. The word translated age here in the Greek is aeon, which means an indefinitely long period or plainly just forever and ever. In essence, Jesus will be present with us until he returns the second time. This is an assurance that should serve as an encouragement for all of us. While we're doing missions, whether we're here in Louisville, locally or globally, we should have that assurance. assurance. Whether you're serving as a missionary on your block to your neighbors, to your family, or your coworkers, or you in a remote part of the world, you are not alone because Jesus is with you always. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God says, I will never leave you or abandon you. March is missions month in New Breed. So what does that mean for me and for you? It means that this is a time for us to think and to meditate on how you can be equipped and support missions of the gospel moving forward. So on March 25th of this month at 9 a.m., we will have a three circles training in which is a tool as a method of sharing the gospel to others. Then church in April, we will partner with the, the center to assist in an Easter egg hunt. And then after that, we will gather to pass out flyers to the homes in the nearby homes of this church area, inviting them to come for Easter Sunday service. In May, we will have a Hoosier Your One training, and that will help us to equip to find the one person in your life for you to share the gospel with. Maybe they're not ready for you to share the gospel with them, and maybe you just need to spend a time in prayer, but we'll have the training on that. Also, church, consider setting a portion of your funds available that are above and beyond your tithe to missions. In closing, God is still calling every one of us into missions. The field is ripe for harvest, but the laborers are few. Would you consider answering God's call to mission today like Isaiah did? And he said boldly, here I am, send me, O Lord. Our mission is global. Our mandate is very urgent because many people are dying in their sins daily. I pray and hope that we would become involved in missions so much so that we'd be able to proudly say at the end as if the African carrier of David Livingston did during his African mission. Now, while the statement was shallow with their limited knowledge of world geography, their perspective that they had is worthy of praise. Listen to this. They said, we went on till we had finished the whole world. We only turned when there was no more land. May God help us to assume this mandate from God today, believing that God has given us the power for missions. He has given us the plan for missional work, and he has provided us with the promise of his eternal presence. This is all we need, church. Remember that to whom much is given, much will be required. May God find us faithful when he comes. This is our hope. This is our prayer. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that as we think about this message, we think about this word, Lord, that we would think about missional work, that we would think about your work of sharing the gospel to our loved ones, to sharing the gospel to our co-workers and sharing the gospel to anyone that we come in contact with, Lord. And Lord, if you choose to send us away and our family away, Lord, Lord, help us to wrestle with that. Lord, help us to be confident in everything that we do in sharing your word. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.